0: You are Welcome back, Podcast World. This is Previously on Lost, episode number 420.
1: 422 been for a long time <laughs> For a
0: long time Y'all, this is episode 42, not 422 This is episode 42 And uh, we're going to be talking about the episode Dave Dave, Dave, everybody's friend Dave <laughs> And I am Mike, and I have with me Steven and Corey, how are you guys Today?
1: Doing great Doing great Living the life doing solid excited to talk about a uh, good old danger dave here
0: danger dave man who you ever your your parents ever tell you if your friends ever jumped off a cliff would you join them
1: uh, yeah i've heard We're that
0: about before. to find out things like that.
1: yeah <laughs> i have jumped off a cliff actually but Ooh. the water there was water below that was uh, a little bit closer than that Dave for Hurley and Dave.
0: <laughs> yes oh <laughs> uh, as far as shows and network announcements goes guys there's nothing really out there uh thank you for joining us again for another episode of previously on lost um we're already into um we're into 2020 this is you're probably gonna get this here on january 20th when it probably comes out no, january uh. 2021 that's right this is january of 2021 y'all it has been a week and a half let me tell you So you, uh, you,
1: you better catch yourself on that because people will maybe like get into a fist fight if you tell them it's 2020 still no no it can't be <laughs>
0: oh that's funny so, this is, this is probably January 27th when y'all are getting this episode. And uh, we lo- we have almost done with the year or the month and uh, looking forward to what the rest of 2021 has in store. So, uh, we'll get all that later. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk about this episode. And here we go. I don't really have anything to happen on Lost, but we are 62 days on the island. We've been on the island for 62 62- So Corey, why don't you give us a little bit of a summary of this episode, Dave
1: Alright, yes, Dave This is Season 2, Episode 18 It aired on April 5th, 2006 Uh, It was directed by our good buddy Jack Bender And it was written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Hurwitz Um, And the episode goes like this Hurley begins to think the island is, is affecting him in a very strange way. So Libby attempts to offer him, uh, offer him some support. Hurley also recalls his past in a mental hospital with his good buddy, Dave. Meanwhile, the prisoner, um, calling himself Henry Gale, offers new information about the hatch, which severely shakes Locke's sense of purpose. Yeah, to put it lightly. <laughs> Sneaky Henry Gale, man. Um, yeah, so that's that's our summary there. Uh, do you have some episode facts for us, Stephen?
2: Sure do. Well, for the scene where Libby and Hurley stand at the cliff's edge, they were actually nowhere near a cliff's edge. Um, it was added via blue screen, so the actors were never in jeopardy. Um, well, the final scene revealed... Yeah.
0: <laughs> did, Lost they did a jeopardy?
2: good job, though. I don't... It, you know, far better CGI than the than the Saeed episode earlier this year. I, uh, uh,
0: yeah, I, I can I, think That is well. true.
2: Um, the final scene reveals that Libby was an inpatient at the mental hospital when Hurley was admitted. There were plans to explore her backstory in the third season, which would have revealed how Libby ended up in the mental hospital. However, by that time, her character was no longer a recurring character on the show... And since actress Cynthia Cynthia Wattros was busy with other commitments, the backstory had to be scrapped. Um, the final scene
0: that, and what? ahead I, I was just going to say that that there's a note about that um, in the in the unanswered questions section tonight when we record that we're going to kind of say kind of what their back what her backstory was going to be and 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 whatnot that was revealed by Damon Lindelof.
1: Yeah, that whole situation—you hear so many different things. It's kind of a mixed bag of like what you, you know, actually can tell is uh, totally the truth. Because I think it's funny how they worded it. There, they were going to tell her a backstory, but then she was no longer a recurring character in season three. Is <laughs> just like, oh, she just happened to not be recurring. No, she gets shot. I mean, uh, so. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's reasons, and then there's questions of whether she. I think there was some other show she went to be on, and there was a discussion. Well, did she? You know, what it was the chicken or the egg? Did she go be on that show because she knew she's going to be written off of Lost, or did that have to do with it? So it's it's kind of confusing.
2: Well, but that, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, this, this is one of those I would put up there with Mr. Echo as one of the you know, threads from season two that kind of got left behind that I think may lead to why some people don't view season two as highly. Just because so many of the season two mysteries, you know, kind of ended up getting left behind. I know we'll get into this, but, I mean, why why she was in the mental hospital with Hurley, that was a big question, and it, uh, you know, kind of got dropped by the wayside, so...
1: She's a good character, too. So, this is yeah. one of the few episodes where we actually get uh, quite a bit of Libby.
2: Well, in that final scene where we see Libby in the mental institution, that scene was so secret that only director Jack Bender and his assistant director knew about the plot twist. So, they had to keep nice. that one under wraps. Um, when Hurley is playing Connect Four with Leonard Sims, who's saying the numbers over and over again. Leonard always says the number eight, very loud and stern. Eight is Hurley's um, number, as a, his candidate number, from Jake. Um, huh. While filming the beginning of the episode where Hurley falls over chasing Dave, Jorge Garcia cut his hand by accident on a piece of glass in the jungle. In a later scene, Hurley is seen with a, with a plaster band-aid on the heel of his left thumb when picking up the Dharma fish
1: crackers.
0: Oh, poor Hurley. It just shows you,
1: even these big budget, you know, TV shows, you can't always <laughs> find the missing piece of glass.
0: I've heard That's right. Of
1: a couple different things.
0: All right, so let's talk about this episode then. Thank you, Stephen, for that. Um, let's just, uh, I guess, all right, if you all don't mind, I'd like to start tonight, one, one. Um, and, and, and this is just one episode of it is when Hurley destroys his stash. Now, I'm on here, I have an issue with this stash that, that was destroyed. Um, with all those kind of people on the island, he goes and destroys all this food. Not knowing there's an airdrop yet, but has all this food and then goes and wastes the food. I, I just – I don't I, I don't know if it was – if I take it back to camp, people are going to look at me differently. Hurley, why do you have all this food or, or what? And I, I can understand that to a point. But these people are eating nothing but mangoes and whatever they can find. And he's got peanut butter and ranch <laughs> dressing and crackers and everything stored up in this tree.
1: Yeah, I'm, you're I, not this, telling me this, that
0: – This part just kind of bothers me a little bit.
1: Yeah, you you're not telling me that like Scott and Steve and Susie they're they're like not back at camp with some just some for some some jungle leaves that they're eating they'd love to have a little ranch dressing on there they're just eating whatever foliage they can find you know from sun's garden maybe and uh yeah uh meanwhile Hurley has what like a two two gallon tub of this and just dumps it all out so <laughs> I get where you're coming from. He's really not thinking of the other survivors, you know. I think in the last episode, they brought up oh, the loop, or, you know, we're not in the loop, the popular group. So, yeah, not Hurley's not doing himself any favors here.
2: Well, no, and, and they had, you know, they made such a, you know, moving moment of when he, you know, he was worried everyone would hate him for having to decide who gets the food. So, you know, this nice feel-good moment where, he gives out all the food, everybody can enjoy it, you know, in the story. And then we find out, you know, later on the season that he, you know, he's been hoarding food this whole time. You know, they teased it a little bit with, you know, with him and Son running into each other in the jungle last week. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think this could have, if it wasn't for the palate drop here, this could have led to, you know, everybody hating Hugo, which was what he was afraid of. In yeah. the first place, uh, I feel like this new palette drop kind of kind of saved that from being an issue. But
1: right, well, I can defend Hurley a little bit here. Um, you know, I've watched a lot of Survivor <laughs> in my time, and a lot of times people will get in arguments over like, should we just eat all the food we won now, or should we try to save it? And thing is, when you're surviving for days and weeks, it's gonna run out. So. I guess you could say, oh, yeah, they could have taken it back and probably eaten that food really quickly. But they would have run out and they would have needed to go, uh, you know, foraging for food anyway. So but it does oh, seem like a very satisfying, even though it's a waste, it seems very satisfying to break all those, especially if you're trying to make some sort of uh, change. Uh, yeah. Break down some sort of uh, barrier in your life that can be. Maybe a and fun I mean, way to do it,
0: <laughs> and and uh, and I mean, I applaud him for for taking that step and being open like that, especially with Libby, and and you know, getting rid of the temptation. But I still just, I just, that, I think that's one of the only things that really have ever has ever bothered me about this show was was Hurley just taking that one time and just wasting all that food, man, just. I get that they still were going to need to go foraging, but it still would have given some more food, because you never know when you are going to run out.
2: I mean, I'm not sure when Aaron is going to start eating, you know, adult food, but at some point, Aaron would really have enjoyed those Dharma crackers, I'm pretty
0: sure. That's right.
1: Yeah, I was more upset that they uh, wasted all that peanut butter later, which... That was oh, an accident. The, the backpack broken, but that broke. But that uh,
0: his face, yeah, man, on yeah, deeply that offended
1: seat. me. What a waste! All that protein, all that sugar, perfect well, he, survival he, food.
0: He tried to eat some of it. He he uh, he, he licked it. And tried to get it up with a leaf, and then, <laughs> and then eat it off the leaf because he needed something. While he was going to go back to the cave and become an old man, grow a beard, wear no, glue, you know, run around naked, throw duty at people but <laughs> he needed you know something.
2: his buddy charlie could do a lot of good with that peanut butter i mean that would have you know he's trying to get it back in good with claire that huge jar yeah. of peanut butter could have earned him some brownie points hurley still could have you know given it away got rid of the temptation but he could have given it to charlie to take to claire that would have really got him some brownie points
0: Man, man that would have set Charlie up for life with Claire I'm just saying that big old jug of peanut butter sign oh what about you guys what uh what other kind of what other moment or scene in the episode um, really stuck out to you guys besides that that scene I only have a couple more yeah. myself
2: well I, I think we could probably just follow up that scene with the palette drop. Um, oh, yeah. obviously we saw it at the end of the episode but you know we kind of I think learn here that Charlie has talked to Locke at some point here and you know Locke told him about the lockdown so Char- you know Charlie says, theorizes that you know maybe the lockdown was because or was so that they didn't see whoever dropped it but then I thought it was also kind of interesting that you know nobody heard this plane you know Sawyer kind of kind of laughed about it and said, yeah, you know, I heard it and didn't tell anybody, but like, how, I think we, do we learn that it was by plane? How did no one hear this plane dropping this food?
0: Because remember, they're giving a specific set of coordinates to drop the drop-off. We learned that in the epilogue episode. And they're different every time, and they just drop it at those coordinates. But remember, the island moves. Okay, so we'll do you think the
2: pla- the plane you think the plane isn't actually within the island bubble or whatever? You think I, they, they just drop they drop it above and they can't actually see the island? I think yeah.
0: it's a I think it's a mixture of that, but I, I also think it's a mixture of when they get those coordinates, they drop it where they're supposed to be at and I think the island is going to be where those coordinates are going to be at. At that moment, at that moment, so like they're gonna drop it, and all of a sudden the island's gonna boom appear, and that's when the drop's gonna go. So it gets, that's kind of how, how I'm gathering what's gonna happen. They're dropping it, and then the island's gonna shift over where it's at to grab the the, the drop. So they're they're they getting future coordinates when they drop it, off the air.
1: You're you're trying to throw your receiver open, you know, throw it back <laughs> to the end zone. Then you yeah. don't even see him there, and then all of a sudden he's there. That's what the island does. Yeah, um, no, I actually, I th- I was pretty sure that in uh, lockdown, like Kate and Jack or somebody, kind of see the plane, don't they? They see something.
2: See, I I thought they just saw the blink. I I thought they saw once the food had already landed. Right. They saw the it, little blinking beacon from the food. I don't think they saw
0: a yeah. plane. It had a big beacon on it that Kate Kate saw because Kate wasn't looking up. She she was looking straight out. Or, she or do they, the
1: do they, when they're flashing through time in season five, do they see this drop again? I just, I felt like we no. saw something more of this.
0: No, with the only time I think we ever see any more about this drop is when we get to the epilogue at the end of the show. That, just, like, ten, how,
1: how, ten... <laughs> how funny is it that this, pallet drop thing was such an important question that people still really wanted to know. You know, all those years later, and it. Yep. Be-
2: that's ha- that's how good season two was. The season two mysteries really carried throughout the entire show.
1: I actually Bye. agree. I think there's a lot of good mysteries here.
0: There are, uh, but one mystery that that was not there was Sawyer was on top of his name game this this week at the pallet. Of course we're going to talk about some of those names here soon but I will say the favorite the favorite name that Sawyer called anybody was 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 when Charlie said uh, he said I think we need to pick somebody that everybody can trust to 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 disperse out the food and and Sawyer's first response was would that be you baby napper <laughs>
2: just <laughs> yeah I mean
0: <laughs> oh my goodness uh, and and, and Charles Ecker was like no Hurley Hurley should do it and Hurley's like no nah no way <laughs> poor I, poor Hurley though man the man never catches a daggone break in the show at all I mean he is always dealing with crap you know he. He just got rid of all that food to get rid of the temptation. And what shows up? A pallet of food. He goes puts the peanut butter in the backpack to go live up on his own. What happens? The backpack tears and the peanut butter falls out and busts all over. His facial expression in that moment says everything about Hurley's life. Like, yep, I'm not even going to turn around because I know exactly what has happened because this is my life.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty funny moment. I definitely I laughed out loud at that. I don't know something about the way they have the backpack just like slowly rip. <laughs> I don't know what the coordination is for that, but it works really well. Yeah, just super funny. Um, but yeah, talking about Hurley and the nicknames, I like that we get a little nickname uh, retribution here, mm. where it's like Hurley gets revenge for everyone who's ever had a. Uh, stupid Sawyer nickname he just starts beating the living crap out of Sawyer, and he, he's like, you know, what is he saying? Like, Lardo! Well, You know, just... He's,
0: uh, just yeah, yelling
1: every nickname back at him, punching him.
0: That is still one of my absolute favorite scenes in the entire show, <laughs> the one where Hurley just spears Sawyer while Sawyer's eating Oreos and milk, and just just starts going after him. And Jin's response when he comes out of the tent, he's just sitting there just laughing and, and, and so it sounds like, you're going to do anything? And Jin's just laughing. Just, just like, alright, fine. I'll go, I'll go pull Hurley up, but that's what everybody's wanted to do. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, I thought it was oh. great. It was a little bit of realism here, too, because Hurley doesn't get a lot of credit for his uh, fighting abilities in this show. Usually it's always like the the like gritty, handsome, uh, actor. And this is how it is in like most movies. It's always like the, the really small, handsome guy. He can like somehow they kick in the air and like drive someone back into the wall Well, you know, really Hurley, you know, he could kick some serious butt if he needed to. So, you know, it's nice to see them throw a bone to the big guys who, uh, can defend themselves as well. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was the ultimate, Christmas story moment,
2: where yep. you know the the bully has just been picking on this guy and picking on him, and finally the 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 person being picked on just finally has it, and they get that that burst of strength that you know they're just a you know as as Sawyer put it, he hulked out and just uh, got <laughs> finally finally it finally all came out, everything that had been building up in him, and it was it was glorious,
0: and Kate. Kate coming after Sawyer, <laughs> so you're saying he he, he just got to took, ticket. Took, took, oh, that, that that was hysterical when Kate got on him about it. So, well, yeah, I, think she, I think
1: she says look like looks like you got your ass kicked, right? <laughs> Pretty much.
2: <laughs> well, I, I will I will point out that this is. I mean, I'm a I'm a Sawyer fan. He's you know definitely one of my favorite characters, but. This was not a good look for Sawyer, this whole episode. First off, once he gets, well, the fact that, you know, he, you know, he just goes on about he's crazy, you know, that, that was kind of harsh, especially considering he had just asked him for, you know, medication for that, but the, the Sawyer joke right before this about, you know, he's like, I don't need to do, to trade anymore, you know, now that we've got all this food, I maybe I'm going to open a mini mart. And then asked if Saeed needs a job. That was one of, like, Sawyer has a lot of racist comments in this show, but this may have been one of the worst. Like, that that one was, that was, has not aged well, should we say. And, um, so, you know, you don't feel bad when Sawyer does get whooped because, you know, he kind of deserved it.
1: Well, I don't think, uh, Sawyer, I think the, the point of a lot of those jokes is just to show, you know, the character of Sawyer and that, uh, you know, even 15 years ago, that was supposed to like, be stand out as like uh, something that most people wouldn't say, that Sawyer just decides he doesn't care about.
0: Pretty much.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, I do think it's interesting, though, what you're saying about Sawyer kind of going down a rung here you have all this f- food floating around people have other value from um, from that plus you see in the hatch Ana lucia has got the other gun so we know there's one gun that um, Sawyer does not have and then he gets the gun beaten, beaten out of him by uh, Hurley so he just he doesn't seem like he's uh, the chief you know or whatever right now
0: no by the way speaking of the hatch with Anna Lucia... Uh, the, the, the discussion, confrontation between Locke and Ana Lucia was pretty epically good. Um, Locke goes and asks permission to see Henry Gale or, or Ben, and she says, I don't think that's a good idea. And Locke's response was, you know, I'm just going to be honest. I really don't care what you think. <laughs> I just need five, five minutes. i like, oh, come on, let's go. You know, I want to see these two rock out here.
2: Well, well, Locke, Locke had a rough episode. He was struggling. Um, the, those whole episode, you know, the, the aftermath of the lockdown is really going to take its toll on Locke here. Um, in many ways, obviously, we see them suggest any, you know, a wheelchair, and obviously, he shot that one down for, you know, reasons that we know, but that Kate and Jack did not know. Um, and then, he, you know, the, the gunshot goes off, and, you know, he's a, he's trying desperately to figure out what's going on in, quote-unquote, his hatch, and he, you know, he, he has no control now because he can't move around freely, so Locke's definitely having a rough episode here. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I always thought that moment was uh, pretty reflective of Locke's life in a lot of ways, where he's like, he's kind of gotten himself to this position of where he's, he's satisfied, you know, a little bit of a position of power. He's, he's somewhat happy, but now he, he, now he's crippled again and he's, you know, uh, you know, stuck in the bed bedridden there, just yelling to Jack, you know, tell me what's going on. Tell you know, Jack, he's just so impatient. He wants to know now, and he really doesn't have control over the situation at all. So, um, yeah, definitely. I don't know. There's some for, foreshadowing there of other things that are going to happen to Locke over the course of the the series. But uh, coming off of like such a big um, cliffhanger in the last episode, we had so much happen with lockdown and with Henry Gale, you know, as a liar being, you know, kind of finally brought out um, to the to the light of day. I thought it was an important moment when they basically confirm. Because, like, even though we knew he was lying, you know, they show the, the Minnesota ID. It can, it like double con- confirms it here at the beginning of the episode when uh, Henry starts, Ben starts lying about, oh, we found him dead. He was hanging from the uh, parachute. And then Saeed pulls out this $20 bill that was in his his wallet. And he had written a note, like a, a death note, to his wife who... Was his wife already dead, or, or she wasn't there? It was a solo balloon. Balloon Was that kind of what was answered? I believe so. Yeah, I yes, believe so. it was
0: a solo balloon. It was just him. That's why he wrote the note on $20 bill, saying that he should have pretty much listened because of that.
1: Yeah, so kind of sad. And then we really start to see... I know we've mentioned this you know, probably the last three episodes, but we really start to see the switch um, is completely flipped now because... He's got nothing to—I mean, of course, Ben is going to—he'll never stop lying. He's always going to try to lie his way out. But he he now—he doesn't really have much ground to stand on. He's completely exposed, and he starts playing up the whole fear element. Like, oh, uh, you know, that's—I don't, I don't want to—him uh, to be able to do that to me. You don't want—I don't want him to find out I said anything, so— um, yeah, what what did you guys think of Henry Gale in this episode? I think this for being like about Hurley and being lighthearted, and having all this other stuff with Dave, like they really follow up and this is probably the the second most important part of the episode is kind of the Locke, Henry and Lucia stuff.
2: Yeah, I I think this is, you know, a bit a big theorizing episode. Um, in that all the talk about him about you know how whoever trying to figure out who him was that he was talking about and then when Ana Lucia brings up you know Mr. Friendly the bearded guy and you know he said he's nothing he's nobody I mean that definitely you know as a viewer that that was one of those things that just sent you into you know who who is him like who who is the who is he afraid of here so I, I thought that part of the scene was really well done. And obviously everything, you know, Michael Emerson does is is great. I, I did love the lie. I'm done lying. Because you believe him when you say it, Like, I have nothing to lie for anymore. But, talk, I mean, talk about a lie in itself. Like, that's he continues to lie for the rest of the series. So, you know, he definitely wasn't done lying. But when, when he says that, you you believe him, you know, that he's telling the truth in this moment. Um Obviously, telling Locke that he didn't push the button—that um, was a big, you know, question that's going to drive the rest of the season. Really, is it's all did manipulation? He push that button <laughs> He's so good at it.
0: I mean, but but, but he is. Well, though the problem is not that Ben is good at manipulation because he, even though we know he really is, the problem is Locke is so daggum gullible. It it's just it's I, I don't. Man, he's so gullible. I mean, that's 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 just all it is. He'll believe anything, and it hurts him when when he can't control it at all. So, but yeah, that. Go ahead.
2: I was just say, can we can we take a moment to just appreciate the fact that he's just tied up by his arms there, like he's in the you know the Jesus crucifixion pose, which I mean knowing this show that was not done on accident and it's just seeing him there all just beaten the hell with his arms tied up you know looking like he's you know being crucified there that, it it was powerful imagery to go along with the uh somewhat tense you know scenes going on
0: right and then you had and then you had the moment that he wasn't tied up there he was tied up by his wrist and his ankles sitting on the bed in the same position
1: so i'll give i'll give Locke a little bit of credit um he does pretty quickly ask him like hey did you get caught on purpose like why would you get caught on purpose and he kind of theorizes this situation where you guys have already tried to infiltrate and you know we got into this hatch and you um two of your people are dead. And so like you did this, you got caught on purpose to get kidnapped, which I think is pretty spot on to what is the truth. Um, but I think Henry is able to divert Locke's like actual legit questions by going back to, you know, Locke basically makes that accusation and then Henry immediately goes, well, this whole thing is fake. You know, I went through the vent and I didn't even get there in time. And I saw the uh, um, hieroglyphics pop up. I heard a loud magnet, and then it it just flipped back to one o eight. And so this is kind of the quintessential like seed that's planted in Locke's head that is is going to kind of set the course for the rest of the season as far as Locke's story and the hatch complete in general, because Locke can never get over this this uh, lie that that Henry tells, which is genius you know he totally he just it's like he plants a bomb in Locke's head it's a ticking bomb and it's going to go off eventually so
0: mhm i agree um the 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 only th- i had a couple more things um so do we believe that dave is a smoke <laughs> monster now yeah,
1: that's a good question yeah. i i don't know i actually had that question on here too so is why I guess we could ask, why is Dave there? Um, if he is... Because he could just be a um, a real hallucinate hallucination from Hurley, because Hurley has had those before. Or it is the man in black. But if it is the man in black, like how can he be Dave? And like, why is he... What is he trying to accomplish? Is he trying to kill Hurley? Because he almost convinces so. Hurley to jump off.
0: I think he's trying to kill Hurley because I think he knows that that Hurley's a candidate. And and I think he feels like if I if I can get rid of him now, I don't have to worry about him um taking over uh this spot anymore. So I think he's trying to kill him because he's a candidate. That's at least that's that's what looking back, I should say, on the series, I feel like that may be what, what, what he, why he had done that.
2: But I still feel like it leaves the questions of you know, Dave was right there in the middle of the pallet drop scene. You know, Hurley's chasing him through the woods and he comes out right by where Mr. Echo and Charlie are working on the church, and nobody sees him. So even as if it's the man in black and the smoke monster, at some point there like how would he not be seen by somebody? I don't think he has the ability to to only be seen by one person and not the rest. So for that, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of led to believe that this was in his head. Obviously, the, the big kind of.
0: I know, don't.
1: OK, I, I, have, I, have, because, I have.
0: And, some... because, and, and to kind of. rebut. I think I know where Corey's going on this one, because he's already done that before with Christian Shepard and the black horse with Kate.
2: But in those in those cases, you know, Jack was chasing him by himself, you know. He wasn't out there with a group of people chasing after Christian Shepherd. Um, but
0: that's true, but he's the only one who saw him because Kate Kate was standing right by Jack when Jack saw Christian Shepherd at one time standing at the woods.
2: But you know, then when the what the black horse situation um Sawyer saw the horse too with Kate so you know Kate didn't think she was crazy because somebody else saw you know saw the uh, saw the horse Um, you know it's kind of an ongoing thing with the whole Walt as well it's like is anybody else seeing Walt and then it's kind of the big moment when Saeed sees him as well as Shannon so again I don't know if Walt was you know a man in black situation there but I think the fact that nobody saw Dave and they they leave you with this kind of question at the end as we're kind of fi- as Libby's acting a little weird at the end. Um, you know, he asked the the shoe has been falling around the whole time. So that's what makes you as the viewer think, okay, this is real. He's physically holding a shoe. And then he asks Libby if she if he was holding a shoe earlier. And she said, you know, not that I remember. And then we immediately learned that Libby, you know, was in the the mental institution. So it kind of draws questions to whether we believe Libby or not. But I think the shoe is kind of the interesting thing that makes you, you know, wonder what's going on here. You know, is this real or is it not? Plus, you know, he throws a coconut at him. It bounced, you know, like how is he physically interacting with Hurley?
1: Yeah, I, I think 100%. 100% Hundred percent. There, the shoe is definitely planted to confuse us and to make you to give you just enough evidence to convince you of either either side. I think is the the point. But I mean, do you guys want to know what I found here? So I looked this up, and according to uh, the Lost Encyclopedia writer Tara Bennett. This is, there's a couple different stories here, but but she says the Man in Black impersonated Dave on the island. Dave never existed, negating the Man in Black's usual need for a dead body. Instead, he simply read Hurley's mind, and uh, the quote here says, Hurley was always going to see whatever he wanted to see anyways, and the smoke monster could kind of take advantage of that, and so that's what she says she is the she was one of the writers of the lost encyclopedia but then you have this other quote from damon lindelof uh where he said dave was a figment of hurley's imagination slash apparition which the slash apparition part really confuses it makes it confusing (laughs) uh but he also said and he had nothing to he had nothing to do with the monster so lindelof did specifically say that um and uh, then the the published encyclopedia itself did not actually say uh, Dave was the man in black. So you feel like the lost encyclopedia, that's like one of the, I feel like <laughs> that would be the place where it would be answered. But right, so, so it's still I, a little confusing. I,
2: I feel like this is you know definitely one of those unanswered questions. I think you know lost leaves us with a lot of questions they're never going to answer, and I think this is one of them. Um, and I, I mean, I think that's kind of fun, you know, You, depending on, you know, there, you could very easily read it as being the man in black, you could very easily read it as being a figment of his imagination. Um, you can read it as, you know, option C there, you know, it's a, it's a mind bending episode, which I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah, it really was good. Um, it was.
2: I like to I like to call this one the um, the Twin Peaks ending here because you know at this point Lost was really popular people you know the internet was kind of just becoming a thing where people you know theorized about shows and obviously all this information was out there to the writers um, so I kind of feel like this was them playing with us a little bit. You know, people were theorizing, oh, it's, you know, this is purgatory. This is all in somebody's head, you know. It's like, you know, the new heart ending or the, twi- the big crazy ending. And I feel like they gave this to us in an episode in the middle of season two, you know. So I, I feel like the ending to this episode was just, was one of those that really stuck with me. Um, because this was one of the big, you know, end of show twists. That you expected, and they kind of gave it to us and then moved on from it. Um, and, I mean, Dave's Dave's speech too Hurley, you know, on the beast there when he tells him, you know, it's, this is going to get worse before it gets better. And then he goes on and explains all these things that, you know, don't make sense. He, he, the, he explained, you know, the numbers you keep, you won the lottery with the numbers, you know, basically you're still in the mental institution and all this is in your head and it makes complete sense, you know, this Yeah. <clears throat> and it it definitely played with your mind as a as a viewer, and I think that's why I was I look back on this episode very fondly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, actually I think this episode has some themes that um really hold up as far as like being important to lost. And the show had a tendency to try to get ahead of certain fan theories at times and, and embrace them. Like, for instance, the this is nothing is real. They're all dead already. This is all purgatory. This is, I think, one of the first times it's brought up in the sh- in the show, which it will be again, uh, where Hurley, you know, is, they're playing the whole none of this re- is real angle. And, it, you know, it reminds you of the Matrix, too. You know, take the red pill or the blue pill or whatever, jump off the cliff or don't. And, I don't know, I kind of got a uh, Inception vibe there for a second. You know, you got to, like, jump off the cliff to to wake up. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I don't think Inception existed yet. But uh, there's a lot of similarities um, you can see. It's, it's, it's really a fascinating uh, type of um, device to, to use this whole is this is this real uh but what i think is kind of interesting is like we're talking like years and years down the line this is going to be part of the like the final season arc is this whole waking up or is this really happening and uh hurley you know having having some visions and uh being kind of crazy there's there's some stuff here that will definitely come back and it it feels very um fitting for loss, I guess. I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, but you guys know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and and it, it kind of does go to your point. It makes it interesting to wonder why this was the, you know, oh, cool, well, we were talking about the airdrop a second ago. <laughs> I was going to say the, why they go back to the airdrop nothing else, but I do agree with you, though, Stephen, that this episode, when you look back on it, is very um, remembered. I cannot definitively say that that was the Man in Black with Dave. I have a pretty good theory; it probably would be, <laughs> but I can't definitively go back. But it, it is a very good episode. It really is. This this it puts a lot of things in perspective. It builds a lot toward what we got coming up in the future um, with the show. So uh, it, it was it was um, it was good. It was it was upsetting knowing that. Libby has this um, this big scene, th- these big scenes in this episode, and then here in like an episode or two, bye bye Libby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, spoiler if you've never seen yeah. Lost, <laughs> you know <clears throat> we have we have we have a returning character finally coming <laughs> back because he can't find Walt. So I mean, you know. Well, th-
2: this is, is one of those that, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about how there's multiple, you know, stories out there. But, I mean, it, as I recall, they, they blamed it at the time on, you know, Ana Lucia and Libby, the two actresses getting DUIs in Hawaii. So I don't know, I mean, if that was true or not, but that was always the story that I had heard, that that's why they wrote them off. But that they, they they did have plans to revisit this, and didn't get to is is really disappointing it's kind of like as disappointed as i am in the fact that they said they had a six season or a five season arc for mr echo planned out and we didn't get to see it i'm equally bummed out we didn't get to see more of libby in this story because i think that twist at the end is one of the one of lost best twists
0: yeah
1: yeah, I, I love that twist ending. A lot of people just get um, upset by the lack of answer for it, but I always I thought it was super cool when it happened. And it's one of those those uh, endings that you, if you're binging this in the middle of the night, you know you start cursing at your TV screen because you know that you need to watch another one now. <laughs> you yep. can't go to bed yep, after a there, cliffhanger like there. that. Uh, but yeah, I, I always thought it was very cool. And they really get into this like cerebral stuff with Hurley's character, especially with the mental hospital stuff, and with Libby as well. And we do we we get a lot of kind of cerebral stuff with Desmond, but I wish that she would have stuck around, and maybe they could have tapped into this stuff a little bit more. Um, you know, we, I know that uh, Lost gets into the human mind and some more sci-fi stuff in season four. But it seems like she could have, you know, had enough to do. I was always disappointed by her getting written off the show. Especially because, like, later on, a lot of the female characters die or leave. So there's really not very many left at the end. Right. Um, It just, it seemed like Anna Lucia, like, it made sense for her character. Like, she was, like, one of those, she's going to burn brightly and then burn out. Like, (laughs) it kind of, like, fit her character a little bit for her to just be around for one season. But obviously plans change so so do
0: you think then that do you think that Libby genuinely liked Hurley?
1: yeah I think so I, I was watching this again and yeah we haven't mentioned the kiss it's a very touching moment and they it's one it's a good uh, little love story moment I think some people could kind of uh, you know knock on it a little bit for being corny. But I I think that I
2: think the thing that makes you wonder is the look when, you know, when they're walking away after the kiss, they walk down off the cliff and they're walking away and Libby, you know, kind of has that glazed look on her face. It, It she has changed from what we've seen the whole episode to then when Hurley isn't looking and they're walking away. She's got a different look on her face that definitely makes you wonder what's going on. And, you know, obviously we never find out for sure, but everything else in the show leads us to believe that, you know, this is a real relationship and that, you know, she cares about Hurley and is just trying to help him. But that look there is enough to, you know, really kind of make you question what was going on.
1: She's, she's time traveling. Her mind is (laughs) (laughs) in the nineties.
0: Oh, that's funny. Uh, what did you guys think of Hurley digging into his past? Um, I, I really, um, I really liked Hurley digging into his past and really struggling with the fact that he felt like he, he, he's the one who killed, um, who it was his fault for being overweight as to why that dot collapsed. Um, but he, he was really tore up about it, and it just goes to show you, though, too, that depression and stress and mental anxiety and stuff like that can really lead you to do some dangerous things. It may not be with an actual weapon, but at the same time, it could be something like food. And and it could it could really affect you and really take you down. Um, so I, I love that. By the way, the, the writers originally were considering... Um, Making that the scene where wylock was in a wheelchair, that that the at the deck that the dock collapsed, and one of the people underneath it was Locke, and that's how he hurt his uh, legs and lost his legs. <laughs> I know that 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 was one thought originally as well. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm glad
1: they didn't. I'm glad they didn't <laughs> go that way. I think it would have taken. Yeah. A while
0: from it's what? so much better just to have you know <clears throat> him get pushed out of a window.
1: <laughs> I, always, I always thought the window thing was a little too brutal also, but yes. I think it's good that they g- gave that moment its uh, uh, you know own episode in space versus tying it in with Hurley. Well, well, we
2: we it's a Hurley episode, so we do have to have the numbers involved, of course. I did, thought it was good that there was 23 people. ...on the deck that was meant to hold eight. So, you know, we always got to have the numbers involved in Hurley's. Um, but I liked in the backstory, you know, kind of like the Sixth Sense. It's lets so you go back and, and learn, you know, you, you can go back and watch how you see Dave in all these scenes... ...but then you can go back and watch how really nobody else is interacting with Dave... Yep. You know he's he's and it seems like it's just because they're in a mental institution. You know they're they're not passing him the ball. You know the ball goes over his head. He's talking. Nobody's responding. You know, and then when you go and find out that it's because he's imaginary, it he lets you go back and, and watch all that again. Um, so to me, it had like the rewatchability of like a Sixth Sense kind of kind of episode where you're trying to think, oh he was dead the whole time he wasn't really there. So I thought that was. A Nice part of her Whoa, of that spoiler. Backstory <laughs> Yes yeah, <it's just> 20, <laughs> 20 year old movie can we can we have Spoilers on a 20 year old movie
1: <laughs> I, think, I think it's fair game
2: <laughs> But uh
1: Yeah no I, I
2: thought this was an interesting Backstory um And I you know Obviously the the scene where He decides to you Know not escape Um you know, at the window that, you know, that was a nice moment for Hurley. And then have, you know, they say, oh, you really went catatonic after that. And, you know, but we find out that that was his turning point. You know, that's when, you know, he got out of the mental institution and, you know, won the lottery and, and everything that we had seen previously. Um, you know, this was before all of that.
1: Yeah, I think this does a really good job of, like giving us a solid um, kind of foundation for understanding Hurley and a credit to this episode for going into some like difficult um, themes you know some kind of yeah. topics that are hard to discuss you know d- depression and guilt and shame and um, eating uh, overeating and, and like you know body consciousness like that uh, they're not easy to, to discuss and Jorge Garcia does a great job. Um, of kind of uh, portraying this situation where his own like depression or whatever causes him to want to just kind of cover it up with eating uh, and, and overeating or whatever. And then that's basically uh, embodied uh, by Dave. So it's, it's, a, it's a great cinematic trick to embody that you know, inner struggle by having it actually be another character. And then for him to be able to leave the guy out, you know, I love one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So any sort of I think like mental hospital setting, this can be really interesting. Reminds me of that, but it actually has some pretty heavy stuff too, because I actually I forgot about this um, this accident. So to to think that Hurley, this is like before, and obviously with with flashbacks, sometimes it's a little confusing where everything goes in the timeline. But this is like our earliest early flashback we've gotten and probably will ever get i believe he uh before he got into any bad luck scenario he he accidentally you know these people died in his he blames himself and then so that's why he was already in a mental hospital and then he's going to get the numbers from what's his face at the i think we see this at the end leonard leonard and then he's going to wind up back at the mental hospital, right? Because, does he does he come back after winning, and then come back a th- a third time, or just we know he'll be back in season four in the flash? Well, he he comes back to ask
2: about the numbers, but I don't think he like he I don't think he checks himself back in I, okay. no, until he, until he, after he, they le- leave the island, right? As, yeah,
0: because in the in the epilogue, Walt. Uh, no, Walt's the one that's in the in, that's in the institution. Then, and Hurley goes and picks Walt up.
1: You know, Connect Four is really not that fun
0: at all. Just it's really it fun. It's a very boring game. It. Yeah. So, anything uh, else you guys got?
2: It's small part of this episode, but uh, we we start to see. Charlie get brought into the building of the church Of course, Echo won't tell him that's what he's doing yet But I like how Charlie, you know He's formed a little bond with Echo here When he finds this pallet He thinks to bring it to Mr. Echo Hey, you might be able to use this And I I think this forms a nice bond That's going to build as this season goes on as well
1: There's no greater gift for your friend Than a wooden (laughs) pallet You know yep. who would really love this? <laughs> yeah, it, it is fun seeing all these little stories move, uh, connect and move along. Uh, even, uh, you know, someone who's had a, a rough season, Charlie, he still gets uh, kind of a checkup every episode. And, yeah, it's, it's this relationship is short-lived, but the Charlie-Echo uh, relationship is, is uh, memorable for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I don't have anything else unless you guys do. Because, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward episode. A lot of I think we pretty much hit all the highlights from it. So uh, do you all have <clears throat> anything else? If not, um, we can move on to the in memoriam.
1: Yeah, let's move. Let's move on. And we can honor,
0: well, the, the, jar, honor. <laughs> the jar of peanut butter. Oh, yes.
1: The jar of peanut butter and well, and well, and Dave when uh <laughs> Hurley pushed him out the window. Uh we you know we almost had
2: another in memoriam this episode and it Said almost shot Ben in the face. We didn't talk about that like Ana Lucia knocked the gun away but do you think was Sawyer actually going to shoot him?
1: <laughs> I mean he pulls the he, trigger. He,
2: he fired the gun, <laughs> yeah. Like
0: oh, that, I think he me- would have killed him.
2: But yeah, that to me seems a little out of character for Saeed in that you know he likes to get information out of people, and you're not going to get any more information out of him if you're if you shoot him in the well, face.
0: <laughs> well, he, I know he. We know he's already mad at the others because he's one. He's he feels like they're the reason Shannon's dead um, because of the whispers and everything else like that. He's they're the reason that Shannon's dead, and she's only been dead. I think we looked it up last time about a week on island time. So he is still mourning that loss, and he is struggling. So honestly, I wouldn't put it—I wouldn't have put it past him to pull that trigger on on Henry Gale. So, oh, I'm sorry, Ben.
1: <laughs> Said he's either too high or too low when he tries to shoot Ben. So, he's never been been very successful at that. I'll try again in the 70s.
0: Yep. (laughs) By the way, uh, as far as In Memoriam as well, can we just get a callback to the tree frog that Sawyer squished in his hand? (laughs) That we got a flat callback to that this time.
1: Yeah.
2: I do like that that Hurley brought that up. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember... Remember when you owe me something for helping you find that tree fog that you squished in your hand when you found it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hurley should have tried to trade uh, his his ranch dressing.
0: That's what I'm talking about. So, all right. So then let's rate this thing one out of 23. And then kind of give your thought on why you rated it this way. All right, so <laughs> I'm gonna use Stevens because his his is funny. I put lost slippers, but he put imaginary peanut butter covered slippers. So let's start with Steven. How many imaginary peanut butter covered slippers do you give this episode?
2: I gave this one 23 out of 23 um, imaginary peanut butter covered slippers. I. I wasn't sure where I would end up on this one. I, I knew it would be pretty high because I, I always love Hurley episodes, but everything that was going on in this episode really, you know, gave, gave me to give it a, per, a perfect score.
0: Wow. Nice. Dropping dimes on it, man. Good night. Corey, how about you? Uh,
1: Well, I keep it a really high score too, which – it's funny this like how some of these episodes have aged really well. This is another one where I think when I saw this, whatever 15 plus years ago, uh, or I guess about that. I was like, "Oh, the imaginary guy, like we're wasting our time on on this stuff. Like, let's get back to the the thick of the story, Henry Gale." But you know, now watching this, you see how well-balanced these a lot of these episodes are where they give you just enough and then we have, like, this really interesting, like, character-focused uh, part of the episode with Hurley. And, of course, you know, this is, like, the most Libby we're ever going to get in an episode, so you you feel sad about that. So, anyways, uh, 20 out of 23 lost slippers for me.
0: Awesome. And, you know, I I kind of float along the lines as as, as you did, uh, Corey. I really wanted to give it a perfect score, though, Steven, Um But it just didn't seem like – I know it moved the story along some as far as with with, with the Henry Gale and the Hatch and that kind of thing. But a majority of the episode dealt with with Hurley, so we learned about his backstory. It did move it along some. It was still a great episode. Uh, A lot of Hurley's episodes are hard to not like. (laughs) Uh, He's just such a likable character. Um, But I give this – go ahead.
2: I was going to say, I feel like Hurley was the last of the main characters that we got a, a backstory on the first season. And it was incredible, you know. It was the numbers. Um, so, I, I feel like anytime we get a Hurley episode, it's kind of like a special episode, you know. It's like I
1: Hurley,
2: Hurley and Desmond episodes are kind of the ones that really stand out. We get so many Jack. We get so many... Sawyer and Kate backstories that the Hurley ones and the Desmond ones are rarer and they're to me more memorable than the Jack ones, which all kind of, you know, all kind of blend together
0: sometimes. And you know what though? You're right. And it's funny because, um, let's see, Hurley and Desmond turn out to be main characters in this show and, and out of the entire main cast, they're the ones who get the less episodes backstories than everybody else, it seems. And, uh, I guess that's why, like you said, that makes them. it does make him feel special when you get one. So. All right. So, our ending discussion, Corey, uh, you know, starting off with the unanswered questions, I've got, we've got oh, two, yeah. I think, up there. Um, but uh, that way we, we can talk about one of them kind of gave you an answer. So you could talk about that if you want to. So what kind of questions in, from this episode are unanswered?
1: Oh, yeah. So this is our somewhat new uh, section here. We haven't had too many yet. But this this uh, is definitely a good episode for this. So unanswered questions. Uh, first up, why was Libby in the Santa Rosa Mental Institute? So this was unresolved on screen uh, especially uh, f- for with season two and when Libby was a recurring character. However, uh, it is known that Libby had been affected by the death of her husband in Live Together, Die Alone, which is the season finale of season two, the Desmond episode. Uh, we get a confirmation uh, that this... Well, actually, the, the writers later confirmed after that episode that uh that tragedy drove her to a mental hospital so in the actual episode she meets with desmond and she gives desmond her boat because her husband's dead and she's he's they're crying or something and uh just give me the one with the most caffeine sister uh yeah that's the part i remember so it's never really confirmed but her life in the flash uh sideways seems to suggest that um she had developed issues with reality there and she was in the mental hospital hospital, um, that she had submitted herself into. And then disputed canon has weaved all of these details together as the official explanation, uh, via the lost encyclopedia. So, uh, that was a really long winded way of saying there's kind of different things out there. And there was never a true confirmation on screen. Um, According to the writers, the plan for Libby's story was to be told through other characters' flashbacks, culminating in the freighter characters' flashbacks in Season 4, um, exclusive Lost Resurrects Libby. However, due to the writers' to strike, this plan had to be pushed back to Season 5, by which uh, the actress, uh, Cynthia Watros, was no longer available to portray Libby again. Okay, so that is actually the first explanation that makes kind of that actually makes sense right we all know the writer's strike uh screwed with season four season four which is one of my favorites uh has a shorter episode um total and that was because the writer's strike you felt especially with the season four story you feel like they could have done several more episodes and i guess libby would have backstory would have been in one of those that's kind of interesting so uh, and then this other question was Dave Libby's husband. Um, I, I no, right? Dave's made up. So, well,
2: her her husband's name was David, which um, we you know we learn when she talks to Desmond. Hmm. And so I, I, it's kind of always been a lingering question, you know, a fan theory that's been out there is that Dave was actually
0: wow. know, Libby's husband. I had actually never heard that one. Really? Yeah no,
2: but, that that was that was one that I that I remember from back in the day, and um, hmm. we never got an answer on that. But, but her husband was named David. Huh?
1: Yeah, I do. I actually remember hearing that, and I think I read something the writers deliberately did that, um, just to kind of play with people. They, well, I just remember they said, "Yes, it's intentional that." dave is named dave which is the same name as her uh uh, libby's husband
0: It, it would have been funny though if it was revealed in season four that 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 david actually was dave from the mental hospital and somehow hurley knew it and that's why he was projecting it in his own mind at the hospital yeah uh that 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 it'd have been a nice little connection to that. And he's
1: been <laughs> and he's been living in the four toed statue with Jacob for years.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if, like Dave is in there, he's like, I found my other slipper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we have a few uh, named um, so a few items from Sawyer's name dictionary. We've got Hulk for Hurley. We have Baby Napper for Charlie, very uh, fitting. <laughs> wow. And then we have Tattoo for Charlie as well. And we have the very nice Moonbeam for okay. Libby.
0: I must say, that one was funny.
1: Moonbeam? You see, yeah.
0: When, you said, when, <laughs> <laughs> when Sawyer said, well, sure, Moonbeam. And then after doing, we'll just get sit around a fire and sing Kumbaya and do Trust Falls.
1: <laughs> yeah, I always like that part. <laughs> it's pretty oh. quick, quick-witted there. And then uh, uh, we have our freckle count, which the total count is up, uh, was 11. And we got some good math here. Plus 1 equals 12. So 12 freckles uh, total.
0: (laughs) I'm sure we'll get more in Season 3 of a lot of freckles names.
1: Okay, so we have some pop culture connections as well. Connect 4, all of our favorite uh, game, Uh, Leonard Sims beats Hurley at this game. Uh, during this during the game, Dave says, pretty sneaky, Leonard. This is a takeoff take on a line from um, the Connect Four TV commercial where a boy says, pretty sneaky, sis, after she defeats him by lining up her checkers diagonally. Okay, this is a reference <laughs> commercial. <laughs> uh, I also noticed that Leonard had like three or four in and Hurley didn't have one, so I think he was maybe cheating. Uh fun uh note tier connect four has 42 holes in the grid that's one of the numbers and during the the airing of season six a parody video of connect four aired um on jimmy kimmel live featuring jacob and the man in black the spoof was titled uh connect four million and it can be seen um, online so <laughs> i think i kind of remember that that's pretty funny and then we have Fantasy Island. While inspecting the supply drop, Sawyer calls Charlie Tattoo, referencing a character from this TV show um, from 78 to 84. Tattoo was was famous for using the, the line, the plane. Um, in whatever the case may be, it, it, it is Walt who is called Tattoo by Sawyer. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then we have my private Ida, my own private Idaho, when explaining to Hurley that his experiences Um, since leaving the mental hospital are not real, Dave says, the second you closed that window, your brain popped a gasket. Um, You went back into your little coma thing, and that's where you are this very second in your own private Idaho inside Santa Rosa. This is a reference to the 1991 Independent film written and directed by Gus Van Sant, which in turn is loosely based on Shakespeare's Henry V. Uh, Henry the Fourth, Part One. Wow! Uh, did you guys were you aware of my private own private Idaho thing? I
0: don't remember that. I was not.
1: I, I, I remember the movie, but I didn't know it was based on
2: on Henry the, the Eighth, Ninth.
0: Eight whatever that
1: could. <laughs> anyway, the um, So, the Incredible Hulk. Sawyer claims Hurley hulked out on him after he teased him about Dave. The Hulk is a Marvel comic book character, as we all know. Lassie, when Kate is teasing Sawyer about getting uh, beat up by Hurley, he replies by asking her <laughs> if she doesn't have an adventure uh, to get, get to and that he thinks... Timmy fell in a well over there, over that way. Timmy was the main <laughs> character in this TV show. I thought that was funny. It made me think of Desmond in the well. Yep. You know, season six. And we have Star Wars. Dave asks Hurley if he really thinks that they actually blew up the Death Star, the space station from the film <laughs> franchise. And then finally, Kumbaya. Sawyer tells Libby Great plan, Moonbeam. Uh, And after that, we can sing Kumbaya and do Trust Falls. Kumbaya uh, is a standard campfire song sung in Scouting, YMCA, and Indian Guides. (laughs) It's very specific. Very, very, Uh, very
0: specific. Well, I think we can sing
1: Kumbaya with this episode now.
0: (laughs) This episode had, like, a ton of notes. Like, it was was loaded with this episode. Hardly episodes seem to be like that, though.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So...
2: Well, we, we're, we're done with a great Hurley episode, and next episode we're going to get a uh, Bernard and the Rose episode, S.O.S.
1: Right. A very special episode, I believe the only Rose and Bernard episode. So
0: That's right. The, that's because they become um, Dharma Initiative workers, and they're not able to really be with the main cast anymore, right? Yeah. That's right.
1: I think they're independent contractors <laughs> I, actually.
0: i I remember watching or listening to, to 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 Jay and Jack recap this and that was his theory for like ever was Jack's theory was that they were that they secretly worked for Dharma the whole time.
1: <laughs> and they're pretty <laughs> much the only characters that don't work for Dharma
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> Almost oh, Jack.
0: Almost, almost. Yeah, I'm looking forward to SOS. It's actually one of my favorites. I really do like the Rose and Bernard and, and Bernard uh, um, uh, chemistry on the show. You kind of learn a little bit more about uh, Rose's sickness that we'll get to. We 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 don't know yet in the show that she has. Um, we just know that the that the island does magical things for her. So. I enjoyed. I I really like this episode coming up. I like SOS.
1: Yeah, there's some good mythology in here. They kind of revisit some stuff that's tied uh, together. um, Ties together some of the stuff from Locke, as far as like healing your injuries. Also, it's a pretty touching love story, if I remember, because when you see this couple, you don't know if they've been together for thirty years or for five years, and it's really. You know they they fell in love later in life and yeah it's a good it's a good backstory
0: yeah
1: a lot of bickering too but that's what you get with <laughs> Rose and Bernard they're,
0: they're bickering okay. so funny to me though oh but uh listen thank you guys for joining us tonight um if you listen to us we are gonna close the door here on Dave and uh, sorry sorry Dave but I'm glad you found your slipper um but you could reach out to us on Twitter um. At Lost Rewatch Pod is the the show's Twitter. uh, At RetroZap is the main network's Twitter. Um, You can find Instagram, Previously on Lost. Uh, We're on Facebook, Facebook Facebook.com, slash Previously on Lost. Um, I'm on Twitter, at the DC Mike. Um, Steven, where can these fine listening folks find you? Not the imaginary you, but the (laughs) real you.
2: Well, they can find me on Twitter, at Lucky13Steve.
0: All right, and uh, Corey, where can um, where can people hope to bring you your missing slipper at on Twitter?
1: <laughs> bring me my slipper uh, uh, virtually on Twitter at uh, the, wait, <laughs> at original math forgot my own Twitter <laughs> handle for a second. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if, if um, you want to play any uh, online Connect 4 or something, yeah, hit me up.
0: We could do it. We could do it oh and uh, like always guys check out Retrozap.com. hey we're gonna head out today so we're uh we're gonna head back to the hatch because there's another airdrop coming and we don't want to get our leg crushed by a door coming down so with all that being said uh it's been great to have you guys and we'll catch you next time here on previously on lost so peace out everybody
1: peace out guys